Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 27. Cal, we had a great episode about Delta last time, one of the Greeks. And you said something at the end there, which you started talking about gamma. And what's the relation from Delta to gamma? And why is that important? So Delta is a rate of change in the price of the option relative to the rate of change of the price of the underlying stock. So that, as we covered last time, is quite important. However, delta itself is not a constant. So it changes as the price of the underlying moves. So if it goes higher and you bought a call option, the delta moves higher. And as the underlying moves lower, the delta moves lower. How do we know at what rate that delta changes? That's when we look at gamma. So gamma is effectively the rate of change of the delta for every movement of $1 in the price of the underlying stock. If you like to think of it, options are derivative of the stock. So a delta is a derivative of that. And then gamma is a derivative of the delta. It's a second derivative of the underlying. So that's where it can get confusing, but that's what tells you how much the delta will change based on the move of the price of the stock. Yeah. I wonder who came up with these. Maybe it was Isaac Newton, the calculus guy, right? It's hard to think that these are just implicit in nature or were they made up? Whoever traded the first options contract, did they say, hey, my delta is too high. I want a lower delta and I'll make a deal. That's kind of still a little bit ambiguous to me. In terms of gamma, is there a trick you have, Cal, to know how gamma is moving? I know like with delta... There seems to be a trend that a deep in the money delta is very strong. What would a good gamma look like? Or do you want a good gamma? I suppose it depends on the side of your trade, which means are you selling the option or buying it? And in each case, you'd want a different outcome. But let's say I'm buying a call option, as you said. What exactly about gamma do I need to know when I buy that option contract? So you're absolutely right. It does depend on your position that you want to take based on what direction you're aiming for or what spread you're doing, which is a combination of options. But the gamma is mostly affected by the movement of the underlying and closer the strike price is to the underlying price, usually the higher the gamma. You have things like the time comes into play. So for example, if you're looking at something that's very, very long-term option, the gamma has less of an effect there. If you're looking at the option being very deep in the money or very much out of the money, then gamma has less effect there as well. But the closer you are to the at the money price, then that's where the gamma usually has more effect. So all these Greeks looking into what's called the Black-Scholes model, where you can actually understand exactly how all the Greeks come into play and how we can understand the movement of the option price and all of that. But when do you want gamma? Let's say you buy a call, so you're bullish on the underlying. So you believe that you buy a call in hopes that the underlying stock would move higher. So let's say the stock price is at $120. And if you want something with a high gamma, you want to look at around that strike price. Whether you're looking at at the money, which is probably where the gamma would generally be highest. So the rate of change of the delta would be usually around 50 because it's at the price money and the gamma would be quite high. 
So let's say if the delta was 50, and let's assume that the gamma was 0.05. So that means if the underlying stock moves up to 121, then the option would go up by 50 cents because that's the delta, right? And if it goes down by $1 to 119, the option price will drop by 50 cents or $50. It's the same thing because using the option multiplier of 100. But what we need to know is as the price keeps going higher or keeps dropping, the delta will change. And that's when you look at gamma. So if it goes up $1, the option price will go up 50 cents. And the new delta will be 55 cents because the gamma was five. So it moves in the increment of five points where the delta is at 50. So it goes to 55. So that's the new delta. And then there will be a new gamma as well. So the gamma, let's say, would be a bit lower there. And as the delta moves higher, the gamma will drop. And vice versa is the same. So if you look at the delta, let's say the stock went from 120 to 119, the option price will drop 50 cents. And the gamma being at 05 will drop the delta another five points. So the new delta at 119 won't be 0.5, will be 0.45 or $45 per move. So basically, that dictates the move. Again, just like when you're going higher, as the stock keeps dropping, the gamma would drop as well. So the most affected C generally is near the add the money price is where the gamma is most affected. Yeah, I'm on Wikipedia again, just doing like a casual reading. And it does say that gamma is highest at the money and it does diminish the further you go either direction. And based on what I've learned, if you take something that's deep in the money, so as a refresher, that means $10 a share or higher past the strike price of your contract. What makes sense there for me is that delta is already at 100. And I think I've seen like a 101 delta. I don't know if that was a glitch or not, but once you're at max delta, which is the sweet spot of leverage, which means if you are long and underlying and you buy a call option, you're at 100 delta and the underlying's moving, I don't know, five points a share or maybe 10 or 20. That's the sweet spot where you're really, really going to do well in that moment in time. And in terms of gamma, you're not going to go from 100 delta to 200. You're already max leverage. So the gamma will probably be zero is my guess at that point in time until you see a reversal. So the thing with option prices are that they're very sensitive to movements in the underlying, as I understand. So you're trading Apple at 120. You've got a deep in the money strike. The delta is 100 because maybe, let's say, the strike's at 110 or 105. And the underlying is moving. So let's say it's going 121, 123, 125, and things are going well. You've probably made a lot on your option premium. But as with volatility in the markets, what happens if the underlying goes from 125 to 118, 115, and then slowly starts to dip closer to your strike at 105? A, the delta will drop from probably 100 to 75 or 60. And what's going to happen to the gamma? That gamma will probably start to have an effect too. So the way I see the Greeks, it's instantaneous look at what's going on. You're measuring the pulse of an options contract. It's very much an indicator because these contracts are so fleeting in terms of price and they change all the time. I would say it's more of an inference on what will likely happen, where the option premium is going. 
So Cal, let's walk through that. So if an option contract that's a call is cooling down and dropping back towards the strike and you're going down from 100 delta, what would the gamma table look like? So if you had to map out the values of gamma for every dollar in the underlying, what does that look like? Is there a negative gamma as you cool down or gamma just increase? Is it more of an absolute value as you called it before? So let's use that example. The underlying goes from 121 to 110. A strike of 105, you've got a call option. That delta, I'm guessing, will drop from 100 to, let's say, 60 or 75. What does the gamma look like as that underlying drops? So that's a very, very good question. I just want to point a couple of things based on that question. So first, let's say you're looking at an option that's deep in the money for the underlying stock. So let's say it's trading at 150 and your strike is at 105 assuming based on expiration that your delta is even at one, which is the highest delta, there's always going to be some gamma because even though it must be very much near zero, your delta is at its maximum. If in case the underlying drops like your example, then the gamma would have an effect there. Now, let's go back to your example. The closer we get to your 105 strike, the gamma would be increasing. There is such thing called negative gamma, but you always have a positive gamma if you are long that option position. So whether you're long a call or even long a put, the gamma will always be positive. Because like I explained earlier, if the underlying price goes up by a dollar or down by a dollar, the gamma is still five. So that will drop or increase the delta by five. If it's at 50, it goes to 55 if it goes up or it goes to 45 if it goes down. So the value of the gamma is positive in this example because you are long that option. So let me get this. Gamma is bidirectional. It's a positive value in a call option. And it references the rate of change of the delta from zero to one, or as I prefer, zero to 100. But that rate of change can go either way. So you can go from 75 to 65, and there would be some number of gamma on the screen that would say, well, this gamma is changing for every dollar in share price because everything's a rate of change. And I guess these options contracts are so sensitive to the underlying price and the movement and the volatility that Delta moves quite fast and gamma is not fixed either. So how fast is gamma actually moving as you're dropping? Is there a specific formula you could use to say, well, if I'm $5 in the money and I'm dropping from $4 to $3 in the money, Let's use weeklies because that's kind of what I'm studying these days. Would every underlying always have a similar gamma value if you're $5 in the money and you're dropping by $1 to $2 in the underlying? Does that make sense, that question? And I guess what I'm getting at is for not just one to the next movement in the underlying, you have to look at that sequence. So not only is it important to say, okay, Apple's moving from 121 to 120, what happens at 119, what happens at 118. And to me, that's probably the part we should look at in terms of the usefulness of reading gamma. Yeah, so your question is valid and it does make sense. So if you're long the option, meaning whether it was a call or a put option, if you buy that option, the gamma is going to be positive. If you're short that option, meaning you sold a call to open or you sold a put to open, the gamma will be negative. So I just want to point that out. You can buy a put and your gamma will still be positive there. But if you sell a call to open or sell a put to open, 
then the gamma would be negative. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out. The way I like to think of it, for you to calculate gamma, now, can you calculate gamma? Yes, you can, but it is way too complicated to explain. But is there a way? The short answer is yes, there is a way that you can do it. There's formulas included, maybe some spreadsheets, but it's something that can be done and something to look into in the future if if one would want to do that, but way too complex to talk about right now. Having said that, if you want to think about how to understand gamma, because that's what you really need to know. Let's say you buy the stock outright. You buy just normal shares of normal stock at 120. So your effective delta would be linear. Let's say you buy 100 shares of that stock at 120. Every time the underlying moves up a dollar, you make $100 because you have 100 shares. So if you look at it on a graph, gamma is effectively the convexity of that line. So that is why when you have gamma, it increases or decreases based on where your strike price is, what option you're doing. So in your case, you're doing weekly. Usually, if you're near the money, meaning either at the money or close to it, and a weekly option, meaning you're expiring in under five days, then your gamma exposure would be high, meaning gamma would have a noticeable effect on the price of the option. However, the further you are from the price of the stock and the strike price, the less the gamma has an effect. It starts to diminish because that means your options being further in the money or out the money. So let's say you're looking at an at the money call option that you bought on the day of expiration. So the final day of the option, the gamma would be at its highest because a $1 movement in the price of the stock could mean that the option would be in the money or at the money. So the rate of change of the delta would be quite high. So the option would be very volatile. Your risk will increase dramatically because of it. There's another very popular way to understand it. If you like to think that you're driving a vehicle and let's say delta represents your speed, you're cruising in your car at 100 kilometers an hour. So your delta would be your speed, which is 100. However, your gamma would be your acceleration. So if you're cruising at 100, your acceleration is zero because that's your constant speed. But if you start to decelerate or accelerate, then that rate of acceleration would be your gamma. So I actually pulled up a gamma calculator and we won't go into the specifics too much, but I was actually just curious about the math behind it. And to me, if you start to understand things this way, it won't be such a black box. So in terms of calculating gamma, looks like you need the spot price, which is what is the underlying trading at. You need the strike, which is chosen by the options contract. You need to know if the stock has a dividend. Very cool to think about. I didn't know that dividend actually had an effect in the gamma equation. And the time to expiry is important. Most of those are known quantities that you can plug in yourself. There's something called standard deviation of the underlying asset. Cal, you talked about that before. I had no clue what that means. And risk-free rate of return. So a government bond is considered the risk-free rate. Yeah, the risk-free rate of return would be another Greek called the Rho. But again, that's just something we can talk about some other time. It's not one of the major Greeks. If you understand how gamma behaves, generally that would be, to me at least, most of what I need in terms of the movement of the underlying. Yeah, just because that question will bother me till the end of time. What is a standard deviation of an underlying asset? So the standard deviation is the expected move of an underlying stock 
based on historical moves. So for example, if you look at any stock, they have different standard deviations based on their historical implied volatility. And let's say if you're looking at a stock that doesn't move very much, let's say Bank of America, very, very large number of shares outstanding. It's a very steady stock. Generally, it doesn't move up and it doesn't drop very quickly. It has a very small standard deviation. So a one standard deviation move is within this range from where the spot price is. So let's say the spot price is at $30, then the underlying would move within a certain range based on its historical volatility. And then you have a second standard deviation, which goes up above that, and then a third standard deviation. So the further out you move, the less likely the option would close in the money. So let's say if you're looking at something that's very much far out of the money, you're looking at a two or three standard deviation of expected move for the underlying. So it's very, very unlikely that it'll go there, although it is possible. And if it does, that is when you actually make quite significant returns on your option contract. It's all statistics. And that's what I find very fascinating about options as well. So what is the likelihood of the option closing in the money or out the money? And looking at the standard deviation move for that underlying can help understand the significance of that. Awesome. So you talked about these first and second and third orders, how frequent something might move by 98% plus or minus in terms of its spot price variation there. But here's my question. So are these standard deviations listed on the detail of an options contract? Can I pull it up in my app and look at these values? Some brokers will provide them, yes, but it really depends on the broker that you deal with. They would even display it on your risk screen, which is your profit potential or analysis screen, and it'll show you where you can make money, where the option will potentially lose money, and where does it fall on that standard deviation line for that underlying. Yeah, so to recap, gamma is how fast delta is changing and how close you are to at the money is super important. I know we covered call options. I just wanted to wrap this up. When we first talked about gamma's effect on delta, I was assuming gamma was a multiplier. It's actually a straightforward addition or subtraction. The rate of change is added or subtracted to delta as we move in the underlying around the strike. And that is essentially what it comes down to. You got it. It's an actual value as opposed to percentage. Just like delta is a value that you add to the options price. If the gamma is five, then yes, your delta will move up or down by five, depending on the direction. That's awesome. Thanks for that, Cal. That makes it a lot more clear. I think we've covered enough there. Appreciate everyone hanging in there. Hopefully you learned something today. Go out there, learn something about gamma. Hopefully this encourages you to pick up and start learning about options. It seems like it's quite powerful in terms of application. And we'll try and get into a couple more Greeks just to give us a more holistic approach to understanding options. So with that said, we'll wrap up today's episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. That was Methodical Millions, episode 27. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.